This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, this is Tucker Smallwood from Star Trek Enterprise. You're listening to Trek FM. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5 Trek FM's dedicated Enterprise podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandy Jackola, and with me as always, back from the future, is Patrick Devlin. Patrick, how are you? I'm, I'm doing good now that I finally got back. Uh, it was a bunch of mess-ups. Daniel stole me for a little bit there, and there was all this timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff going on, and I ended up... I came back to the wrong point in time, so... You actually have already heard an episode from us again that didn't exist in the original timeline. Yeah, it's crazy how that time continuum stuff works. It's like that movie, Fly to the Navigator. Oh, wow, I have just made myself look extremely nerdy and old at the same time. Well, that's okay, cool, because that was like one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> Me too! <laughs> I love that movie. So do I! Uh, anyone who doesn't understand Fly to the Navigator, just go look it up online. And watch it. It's fantastic. Anyway, uh, we before we get going on our main topic today, uh, we don't unfortunately have any new reviews. Just remember, guys, please go to iTunes or whatever podcatcher you have and review and rate our podcast because that helps people find the podcast and we appreciate you for doing those things. But we do have one, one whole comment <laughs> from our... From our last episode that we did, uh, that was uh, released at the time of this recording, which is uh, the episode about Hoshi and her season one moments. And uh, my dear sweet husband, David, is the one who commented, thank you, Dave. And he says, I really enjoyed this episode. It was a loving tribute to an underserved character and addressed deeper issues of how to and not to write a character as the story changes over time. Well, thanks, Dave. You're awesome. I agree, and I'm not even married to him. (laughs) He is pretty awesome. That's, That's all I have to add. Yeah. Still a little confused from the time travel stuff. I know. It's, it's confusing for everyone at this point because there's stuff happening now that nobody else understands. And they're thinking it's like two weeks ago and it's not. And anyway. Yeah. So it'll, it'll all settle back in in another week or so. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. 
So this week on Warp 5, we're going to do another special writer's room episode because Patrick had an idea. Yes. So, so sorry. <laughs> There's that time thing again. He's slightly out of phase, guys. <laughs> Just slightly. Okay. So, yeah, no. So with all this news coming out lately, right, we have the news of the... Uh, the Discovery just released its um, trailer for the next season. We also actually have the Orville. And we have all these rumors flying around constantly for like the last decade about different people in Star Trek coming back to reprise their roles, like John Luke Picard coming back. or um, You also have you have uh, Scott Bakula wanting to come back and, and reprise Archer again. So I had the idea, let's write an Enterprise movie. Yes. Not just any Enterprise movie, but let's write it as if it does actually happen Closer or past the last episode of the show. Not, you know, because a lot of times they talk about doing something that was in the middle or doing something way past. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, Bacula doesn't have to have too much makeup. He can just look his age and it would make sense to a lot of people. But I say we do it. Well, we'll let the listeners hear as we go along. But it'll be close to the last episode. Okay. So close to... The founding of the Federation and stuff like that? Right, right. All right, maybe, right. Maybe okay. setting some records straight. Mm, mm, I like the sound of that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 it hit me with all this news coming. I was like, oh, that'd be an excellent idea. And we can finally fix some things we didn't like or possibly expand on them. Excellent. I like it. I like it. So, yeah, so uh, how do we want to start this off? So I was thinking, all right, so I kind of gave it away. I want to start it off taking place right at the... I would actually like it to start off with the actual events of the founding of the Federation. Maybe more one-on-ones with Archer and some dignitaries and stuff like that. Right. You know, so we don't just see, like, all the cameos and everything again. We already saw that. That was cool. But now we see, like... Let's say two weeks before that that actual event, and two weeks right, before okay. that actual event, you see Archer talking to the Vulcans or talking to uh, the Andorians, or they're all sitting down and talking about how they're going to set up what essentially is a press conference. Which that's that's basically what that is, right? A so big old press conference, right? <laughs> in whatever terms they use in that year, but. So that's how it starts. And then maybe we cut to like the, uh, that, you know, it's whatever they're talking about. They're just talking about the press conference. It doesn't really make sense to us yet because we don't really know this is where the movie's going unless we watched all the commercials for it. But (laughs) probably giving it away. But that's where it's headed, right? And, but just before we cut to the, the, uh, the intro credits, we see Trip walk in the room. Uh. And we think, but wait. So when is this movie? Because he's supposed to be dead. Dun dun dun. So what what do what do you think we do when we come back into the movie itself? Hmm. Well, we're we're kind of in a corner now because uh, the events right before the founding of the Federation, the events of these are the voyages apparently happened prior to that. And because they're still on enterprise, it's basically their last time on enterprise before they're all, you know, 
before Archer's promoted and they all go off to different postings, etc. So. Yeah, but we've seen, I mean, look, we've seen in Star Trek where captains been promoted and then somehow, wow, we need a movie, so let's put Kurt back on the Enterprise and make him the captain again. <laughs> hey, to be fair, he was Admiral during those first three, okay? <laughs> but And technically four. But we could still pull it off bringing everyone back on board. Yes, of they course. They snuck Worf into every movie, no matter where he was supposed to be. So, <laughs> oh gee, look, he's at Worf. He's he's uh, he's battling the Borg at Earth. Yeah. Oh, how convenient! Yeah. Not a mention oh. of it throughout all of DS Nine. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so we can put these guys anywhere. It's a tough little ship. Little, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So now, should we? So I think we should cut right to the actual press conference. Oh, so after we see Trip walk in the room, just go straight to yeah, that two weeks later? Just ignore it. Yeah, ignore everything else. <laughs> I love it. So now now you're 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 at the press conference, right? I mean you I guess you could pull some of the scenes that you've already used with the, the episode and splice them in, right? So it looks more natural or whatever, but, but maybe maybe make some things a little off, a little different, so that you start putting into question the last episode's holographic version of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, nothing major, though. Like, like if a random person off the street who watched the season series once may not even notice, but, like, people listening to our podcast would notice these differences. Yes. You know? So maybe a banner's on the wrong column. Yes! You know, just little tiny Easter eggs to find. Yes, I like this very much. And because it's a movie, I want to hear all of Archer's speech, okay? I want to hear that whole thing, that whole address he makes to the assembly. I want to hear it all. I don't want just the start of it and then it cuts to something else. No, I want that whole speech. I've waited a lot of years for that. (laughs) Far too many. But yes, I agree. Um yeah, we, we should get, we don't have to have the whole press conference, but we should get his speech we, in totality. Yes, we need his speech. I don't care about any of the rest of it. I just want to hear his speech. Yeah, I completely agree with that. That would, that would be good. So we'd have to write a speech for him. That's okay. We can totally do we that. Write a speech for him. We don't have to do it in this episode. No, but, but it'd totally be inspiring and rah-rah. And we, well, we, are, we are the Federation. Yeah, yeah we haven't, we're, we're not perfect. We've made mistakes, but... That's part of learning and growing, and we are exceeding expectations of ourselves, etc. Ad nauseum, blah blah blah. I don't know. I can I can work on it later uh, for the fan fiction part of it if you would like. Yeah, yeah, no. So, but that's that's good. I, I like that. So we get his whole speech. That's what we come back to. We come back to his speech, and then we need some kind of drama. That that's. I think the drama should start right after that speech. Okay, so what is the drama? Well, who will be the enemy in this movie? That's a good question. To use the Klingons would be cheesy. That We have discovery no. for that. No, I was thinking, well, if we really wanted to mess with wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey, it could be someone from the future. Let's bring, let's bring the freaking temporal Cold War back into this and actually tell everyone what the heck that was all about because we never got that satisfaction in the series true that, that's actually a very great point that we could actually bring this back so so now do we bring it back 
do we bring it back with them using the same people though? Oh heck no, no okay. no. So no. So now, all right. So if I remember right, the people who were waging the Temple Cold War were three hundred years. I believe it was three hundred years before Daniel's. Right. Daniel's is dead. Right. We saw him die in first episode of season four. Yeah, but he's not necessarily dead. He could be coming back from another time. Right. Well, it all depends on how you use the timelines. But, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, let, let's just say for now he's not around unless we need him later for a story okay. point. Right. But, but they were from 300 years before him and they couldn't come back. They could only communicate. Okay. Right. Fair enough. So who are they communicating with? Right. They still need somebody to be their muscle in this timeline because now. Now, what they were trying to stop was the creation of the found, of the Federation, right? Am I getting this mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, that they screwed that up. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, they're not just going back farther and messing with time again, because that would be the obvious answer. They're going to go yeah. to right after the founding, and maybe, man, I'm going to hate myself later, but maybe they start a terrorist attack at the conference. Mmm. With, wait, the drone... From the Romulans. I was just going to say Romulans. So, yeah, okay. So it doesn't have to be the drone, but I like that drone. I like I like the drone, the way they made it move and stuff. So I wanted to try and fit that in here somewhere. But I think I fit that in another episode somewhere, too. Yeah. It's in our season five. But I think Romulans would be a good patsy for... Yeah, it would make perfect sense. Because they would see it as they're going to get what they want. And they can, they can get information from someone that will help them. So I, I don't see why they wouldn't agree to this. Yeah, they would. They would totally go agree to this. Mm-hmm. Plus, we see at the end, we saw that they were also working with the old leadership of Vulcan. Yes. So this could be a way to get back at Vulcan for all of this. Yes. They're not even really after Starfleet. They're really yes. just after Vulcan. Well, it's going to be, in their minds, much easier to reunite, I mean, air quotes, with Vulcan if they're not part of the Federation. Right, right. So they're taking it out on the Federation, but their real gripe is to get back the Vulcan. Yeah. And, well, and that's the thing. Uh, well, that's so Star Trek. Every, that's so very Star Trek. Every fight we've ever had apparently was someone else's fight. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Pretty freaking much. Except the Borg. But that was Q's fault. He put them in contact with the Borg. But, so that was that was actually all Enterprise D's doing. Yeah. But... <laughs> True. But we, we screwed that up anyway. We brought the Borg in our season five episode. We, we messed that timeline up too. Yep. It's all good. It's all good. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Yeah. So. Yeah, when that whole Kelvin thing happened, there was just like 8 million different timelines, and we're only following one of them. Yeah, and that's fine. That's totally fine. Uh, so yeah, that makes perfect sense, and it seems to me like not only would they want to... Because, yeah, there's the founding of the Federation, but it's still kind of tenuous, kind of like, you know, how the alliance was between Andoria and Vulcan in season... Four, three and four of no yeah four of uh three and four of enterprise two and three and four and saying so, you know what i mean yeah so in that show that we watch in that show and the thing and the stuff those episodes that had you know yeah all of those episodes that i i i know exist and i keep 
forgetting exactly which episode it is and where. But yeah, so they would they would want to break it apart while it's in an infancy because they uh, my guess is they probably tried a number of different combinations. And it has always resulted in the Federation getting founded. So now they're starting after it gets founded and trying to break it apart again. Right, because if, see, if you try and destroy it beforehand, right, theory is they could, they could figure workarounds. Or it could even, or the worst case scenario for the, for the people coming back in time or talking back in time is they're actually galvanizing the enemies against them. Yeah. By doing this, they're they're actually making the Vulcans, the Andorians, and the humans realize more so that they need this. So now they've given up on that idea, and they decided, let's try and break it up afterwards. Because if they're already friends and break up, it's much harder for them to go back together than it is for them to just form in the first place. That is so true. <laughs> that is so true. So we have this this attack. At the conference. I Look, Star Trek always shows the same kind of attacks. Like, someone personally goes and drops a bomb off or shoots a gun or a missile launcher or flies a plane up to a building. I, I think the Romulans are smarter. They just sit up in space and they just shoot down on the conference. They could do that. Yeah, I mean, look, I understand that part of the reason why they don't do that in movies is because it would be really hard to explain why you didn't level everybody in that scenario. But... Let's just pretend there's a force field that stopped the first few. Everyone, could, most of the people that were important could get out, and uh, ooh, they do. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay. No, I have a better idea. I have a better idea. I mean, not. I mean, it's still the whole ship shooting them from space. They detonate an EMP, takes out all the power, huh. lowers all the shields. There's no way for them to defend themselves, and then they can just pick them off at random from space. That's wrong. Plus, it creates a panic. In the general population. Right. So now everyone's running They amok. want pandemonium and they're going to get it. <laughs> oh, so now everyone's running it. amok. Let's say the building the conference is held in gets hit and collapses. Ooh. Now we don't know who lived and who died. We don't know who survives this attack. Right. Uh, the, the problem I'm coming up with is having a resolution of when they stop firing so we can start talking about who lives. Well, they well, they wouldn't want everybody dead because they want people to be upset with each other. So they wouldn't want to just kill everybody True. at the press conference. Right, okay, so that makes sense. No, that's, that's great. So they fire a few missed, quote-unquote, missed shots so they can mm -hmm. let people scramble. Then they blow up the building so it looks like they were trying to do their job the whole time. Right. And we see, and now we see them just sitting in orbit, right? But all the other ships in orbit are basically dead because of the EMP. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. maybe they send the AAP. They don't take it themselves. They send, like, a, a buoy or a beacon out, and that sets off the yeah. EMP so that they're nowhere near. And Okay, now we see them warp in, right? Start firing. They blow up the building. And then they just stop and sit in orbit as pandemonium is created on the planet. How about they have a spy on Earth that launched the EMP beacon as a satellite through normal channels that no one suspected? It makes perfect sense. He'd be a Vulcan. Excellent. He'd be one of the guys that was working for what's-his-name before he ran off. Yep. I like it. So now, all right, so the beacon goes off. They warp in. They blow stuff up. They turn around. They just hover around. And uh, everyone's panicking. You see ships with are dead and life support starting to fail, and they're panicking. and They're just, you know, we don't want everyone on ships to die, so their engineers are able to get just enough 
of something working. Power. Yeah, yeah, just just enough to get the uh, the life supports back online or whatnot. And uh, but no weapons because we we can't have thirty ships firing on one Romulan yeah. and expect the Romulans to survive. We want them to live a little longer than this. <laughs> um, well, they can cloak. <laughs> true, true. But now we have them. Now we have cutscenes back and forth, quick cuts back and forth of people who survived on the planet, right? Like the leaders of the Vulcans and the Andorians, um, and some high-ranking officials from Starfleet with no Archer. Ooh. And we have whoever we're going to make the leader of the the Romulans for this particular ship or assault, talking with the being in in the from the future. Yeah. You'll hear, you'll hear conversations, and the ironic part is the conversations will go back and forth as if they fit together because they're both talking about attacks. Mm. I don't. I wouldn't know how to word that. I'm not very good at that, but I like the idea of it. Yes, I like that too. Yes, very good. I think it should be that giant, uh, that giant Romulan guy who was the whole head of the project for the drone ship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely get him I, back. I, I like that actor anyway. He's almost always playing a bad guy because he's just so imposing. Yeah, no, he would he would work perfect. So, so it's him, and then it's the being from the future talking, and then it's the Andorians and the Vulcans and the humans talking. But it's cutting back like you'll get a sentence from one, maybe a sentence from the other, two, maybe one, two, one, whatever. And then they release another volley of strikes onto the planet. They just randomly shot out into wherever. They don't care. Where they land, you know, maybe a couple hit the water or whatever. It doesn't really matter. It's, that's not the point of those shots. Right. It's just to create more panic. Right. And, um, but now I think they take off. Yep. Cloak and get out of there. Yeah. You know, and, uh, because now people are starting to get things back online. They don't want to be seen. They don't want anyone to know who did it. And let's right. say they use weapon signatures of, of Vulcans. Yes, because they would not want. Uh, Romulan weapons that's a dead giveaway right so, so they they have the intel because they've been working with some of the Vulcans so they yep. use they use uh, Vulcan um, weapons to do this even though they're on a Romulan ship nice I love all the deceit yes okay so now moving forward that's alright so now we're like I don't know a half hour into the movie or so right thereabouts sure okay so now they're going to launch an investigation into what caused this. Of course. Of course. you got to have an investigation. Especially since the Andorians are screaming it was the Vulcans. Of course they are. And, because uh, that's the first thing that people do when something goes wrong. They immediately revert back into base patterns, which I, is hating. I thought other. you were just going to say they blame Vulcans. Yeah. <laughs> that too. It's, it's blame Vulcans. It's always their fault. It's always the Vulcans. So. So, okay, so now this investigation starts, and we see, remember, we still haven't seen Archer yet. Yes. We don't even know where he is. No. But we start seeing, like, a shadowed figure. (laughs) This is going to get very Star (laughs) Wars-like. Hanging out in, like, bars, trying to get information at this point, right? Right. He keeps talking about uh, black market Vulcan weapons. So, I don't know, me and the crowd, I'm thinking this has got to be Archer, right? Right. They won't show his face. They don't really show how he walks. Yeah, his just, voice is disguised. Yeah, you kind of hear like a, like a "I'm Batman" kind of voice <laughs> going on, and uh, yes, this this kind of stuff is happening. 
and he's getting little nuggets of information here and there. He hears about, well, I heard about this trade here, and I heard about that trade there. And now uh, T'Pol is taking the Enterprise out to these planets to go see who they're selling these things to. And they, whatever, they find the first one, and it's just some idiot who's shooting target practice in his backyard or something like that on some you know, far-off planet that's not part of the Federation yet or whatever. And right. uh, and this becomes like a theme. You keep finding like, all right, it definitely wasn't them. All right, that's the wrong kind of weapon. You know, all these kind of things. But we keep cutting back to this shadowy figure. Mm-hmm. And this shadowy figure keeps getting different intel. And then eventually you kind of start to realize it's just bad intel on purpose. Mm. They're literally sending them to the far reaches so that they can't figure this whole thing out. Wow. Enterprises get into all these debacles and Vulcans are running out there and it's it's like a PR nightmare going on all <laughs> across the galaxy at this point. Oh man, I love this so much. This is fantastic. <laughs> so so they they're running all over you see ships shooting this way, ships going that way. Whatever. We have to bring this back at some point to make sense. So we, we still have to figure out if the shadowy man is Archer, mm-hmm. and if it's not, what happened to Archer? Because no one said he's dead yet, and no one says he's alive yet. I would say about the hour mark, we see Archer step back onto the bridge of Enterprise. Okay. All right? Maybe he's a little banged up, hurt, whatever. He got hit in the blast, and we expect him to talk about all these things he's been finding out on these away missions that he's been doing by himself. Only to have no knowledge of these away missions whatsoever. He knows nothing. Ooh. So they're briefing him. Well, you know, our our intel says this. and our, Where are we getting this intel from? Oh, you know, intel. We get it from intel. It's coming down through Starfleet. Or we got this bit from the, the Romulans, uh, the Vulcans. And we got this bit from the Andorians. And, but a lot of it's coming down from Starfleet. But of course, the best ones are coming down from Starfleet. Of course. The good ones are coming down from Starfleet. Yeah. And uh, so now they get this they get these coordinates of this random planet because, hey, the Enterprise is great at just going to random planets. Oh, they are so good at that. <laughs> they, they go there and who do they see? Romulans. Ooh. So now they get warned to go away. Maybe a few shots fired. We have a little space battle. It'll be cool. They call in their buddies. Some Vulcans show up, some Andorians show up. They're yelling at each other, still thinking that the other one did it. Uh, maybe those two were off investigating each other. <laughs> because the last bit of information that the Vulcans got was the Andorians stole their weapons during the whole nightmare and vice versa. What the heck? Let's throw Shran back in there and he can be the <laughs> captain of the, the Andorian ship. And I don't know who would be the Vulcan guy because I didn't like any of them that much throughout the series but well it doesn't have to necessarily be someone that we know because uh saval wasn't a captain he was more of an ambassador right he wouldn't make sense so it doesn't really matter who the vulcan captain are because we saw tons of them during the run of enterprise and there was no one specific one that we had dealings with over and over again so it can literally be anyone yeah so we'll just throw some random Vulcan captain in there, which is kind of upsetting because they're going to lose every debate in the ma- the minds of fans because of who the other two captains are at this point. But Yeah, well. Let's pretend he actually understands now what happened. Ah. He's the one who figures out that his brother that turned on the Vulcans is the one who set this whole thing in motion. 
Ooh. Gotta be a brother. I want a brother in here. Okay. So he's Cybok. No, I'm just kidding. He's not removing people's pain. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, no, okay. So he figures out, he calls back, he has the one that set off the... Um, EMP? Yes. He has him arrested, right? Who, who now? But it's his brother, so that, you know, that's going to give you a whole... I know I can't. It's my brother. Oh, yes, I can. No, I can't. I'm supposed to be Vulcan. Why do I have feelings going on? <laughs> so it's that, not that they don't have feelings; they just I know. Them. I, it's just for dramatic <laughs> effect. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want someone to go think logically, man. Mm-hmm. So, um, you want like one of those memes with Batman smacking Robin, except correct. someone smacking that Vulcan. <laughs> Correct. Archer. It's Archer smacking that Vulcan, telling him to think logically. <laughs> and he only does it because Shram was about to shoot him. So. <laughs> nice. So Snap out of it, man. So they're sitting around this planet that has like a single base on it of Romulans. And of course, we can't just blow it up because we're a Starfleet. Yeah. And, the, and actually, at this point, we're the whole Federation. But now the shadowy figure finally walks in on the bridge. <laughs> so are we going to get some answers this time as to who this is? Damn well better. All right. <laughs> Darn well better, excuse me. <laughs> I'll let you decide who this person will be. Oh, you know who I'm going to say. It's who I'm going to say, so you might as well say it. It's Trip. Of course it's Trip. <laughs> because we all know he joined Section 31. <laughs> yes. And now it finally comes to light that that whole hologram program was garbage. Yes, perfect. So now, now you start putting in your mind, oh, that was, they did have all those little differences, and that was yeah. put in by, that whole thing is not right. Mm-hmm. So, now he gives them their his last report of what he found out, that the Romulans, that whatever the Vulcans that were, that left the planet, after the Vulcans had their little civil war at the top, even though it never broke out into the actual war, but... Well, you know, that, they're Vulcans. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> right, sure. As, <laughs> as they bombard their own people. Mm-hmm. So, so even though that never actually went into an actual war, it was just a bunch of shots in the dark. But mm. after that happened, a bunch of them got off-world. They're the ones hiding in that base, acting like Romulans. And it's not even actually Romulans down there. It's Vulcans that have been using the Romulans and this ship. And the reason is because way back in the way back, this being that's talking to them was talking to those Vulcans back then. <gasps> yes! Way back before season one. Yeah. So they were actually always working. The Temple Cold War was always in effect. We just didn't see it on screen. I love that. Yes. Fantastic. So what else can we add in here? Well... I mean, that's a really good idea for a full movie already, but... Yeah. Well, we have to we have to I think decide who it is that is in the future talking to the Vulcans and the Romulans. I think we have to do that. Okay, because yes, to just not reveal that person would be really annoying. It doesn't have to necessarily be someone we know. No, I, I agree, but, but how do we even get to the point where we can reveal them if they can't come back in time? Mm. Ha! Say it. The non-dead Daniels goes to their time, grabs him, and brings him back onto the Enterprise. Yes, I or, was just going to say that. <laughs> or the other option 
if we really want to do like a huge fan services, Q grabs them and brings them back. What? Oh my word. Daniels are Q. Daniels are Q. Daniels are Q. Because that opens a whole other realm yes, of does. possibilities yes, for but additional we know, stories. But we knew, and we know Q can grab someone and jump them through time because they did it with Card's girlfriend. Yeah. Her name was Vosh. But, okay, so so I like the idea of Q grabbing him mm. because I think this is where Shran can screw the humans so that it will affect Q's next interaction with them in TNG. Mm. Because once they get the being... So what race are we going to use that's coming back in time? Uh, well, who has anything to gain or the most to gain for change? Oh, okay. Patrick's got an answer. You, you've raised your hand, Patrick. Please tell the class what you've, you've discovered. They're human. <laughs> They're human from 300 years before Daniels, which is why Daniels knows how to make their tech out of communicators. They're from the leftovers of the Terra Prime movement. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they just, they just kept the flame burning. They want to be the mirror universe. Oh, wow. I'm loving this so but much. But that can't happen if there's a federation. Exactly. Oh, yes. So he grabs some random human. It doesn't really matter who, right? I mean, just as long as we know they're human. It can, brings them it... back. Q brings them back to show them what the worst of them can be. I would really like stunt casting of it being like Peter Weller's uh, little brother. <laughs> as his like future progeny. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, go on. That was so silly. <laughs> so, so silly. So but so now that could be enough to make Q mad at humans, right? In yes. general. That would that would actually give him a reason to be such a jerk to Picard. Or we could go with the Shran, gets the Enterprise to fire on that base afterwards and kill all the Vulcans. From Enterprise. Mm. I just like Shran being a jerk. Shran, Shran is really good at being a jerk. Uh, but he does have his own weird moral code. He does. But he, but he would want to punish them. So, okay. So, maybe this. Maybe Q, right, brings them back, hands them over to Archer, uh, the Federation, but Archer in particular. They go back to Earth. And Q doesn't feel their punishment was strong enough to stop this from happening again, mm. which is why he's mad at humans mm. and why he talks about the third world war and how they've gone out into space and just caused wars. Cause after this we have discovery, which is the war with the Klingons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's that whole Rom Romulan war too. So right. Right. Which we, don't, we haven't gotten into yet. No, but we, we would somehow yeah. stem out of this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to go into that because that's already, I think, really well covered by novels. Whereas I want to do something apart from that, something that is not, I mean, that takes parts of things that have happened in the novels and then, and now let's make them canon because they're awesome, like Trip being alive. So. <laughs> right. So, and we did that, right? We, we accomplished that and yeah. we, we tied Enterprise to... TNG's first episode. Yes. So now, the last episode ties to TOS, right? Because, well, albeit incorrectly recorded, 
the quote unquote important facts mm-hmm. are there. The, the conference is there and all of that stuff is there. It's just the, a few details are wrong, which you're going to have, right? When he, any historical um, Always. depiction. And the and then the changing trip goes into some monologue when he first comes back about, oh yeah, they wrote me they wrote me into this holodeck program. They're going to show to future generations that I'm dead, so you guys can't ever mention I was here for this. Yeah, they'll all be uh, the whole thing. It'll be classified, right. and they can't talk about it. Right. So even you don't even see him in scenes when the um, when the Andorians or the Vulcans are there. He's yes. only seen in scenes with just Starfleet officers. Yes. And uh, so because otherwise they someone else might blab, but mm-hmm. um, and maybe even Starfleet doesn't technically know he's there. Maybe only only him. His superior and Enterprise know he's there at this point. Yeah, and I would say probably not even all of Enterprise, but the bridge crew. Right, the ones we care about. Yeah, the the ones we know and love. <laughs> so, but so now that all that happens, and then we take this guy back. We I guess you know some fight scenes to get away or whatever. But the Romulans show up with some ships. We blow some stuff up, and I don't know. Enterprise goes limping away, and. Tran takes the last shot of the Romulan and says, you owe me three now, or something along those lines. <laughs> uh, yes. And I then like I that. guess, I think we covered everything that needs to be covered in the in the movie. Yeah. It sounds shorter when we're just talking about that, but there's things like dialogue and, and exposition and action scenes. They would actually have to talk to each other at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this it would actually is... have to be a battle. It would be more than seven seconds. So this is pretty amazing, I think, what we've done here. So I've taken notes while we were doing this, and hopefully I've gotten everything down right. So we're going to start out this film with the actual events of the founding of the Federation about two weeks before everything really hits the fan. They're setting up the press conference, talking about uh, everything all the dignitaries that are going to be there, etc. Trip walks in the room and then it's opening credits of film. Uh, cut to two weeks later at the actual founding of the Federation ceremony. And we actually get to hear all of Archer's speech, which is my big thing that I want. And I'm going to say like, right as he's ending the speech is when this attack happens. Does that work for you? Yeah. I was going to say either right then or as he was calling someone else up. Cause I want to hear the whole speech. So if yeah. I miss like two words, I'm okay with that, but not yeah, much well, more. Yeah, well, I I would say he's like his closing remarks, and he would probably say, "And now I would like to turn the time right, and then to boom. attack." Yeah, and so uh, the EMP has, is set off, power goes out, suddenly they're being attacked, nobody knows what's happening, panic, 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 and uh, so as we as things develop, uh, as investigations start. And we see, not that the, uh, our main cast knows about this, that the Temporal Cold War is still happening. And it's apparently Romulans who have made this attack, etc. And uh, let's see, I can't read my own handwriting. So we have, we're having a lot of quick cuts in that whole scene of uh, conversations between what's happening on Earth, what's happening on the Romulan ship, etc. And uh, basically... As ships are around are starting to restore power, they do one last lame attack and then cloak and get the heck out. 
And uh, to top it all off, they're using Vulcan weapons. Okay, is everyone with me so far? <laughs> all right. They, they're, not, they're not down to actually kill everyone. They're just trying to create panic. So we don't know who everyone who has survived. We haven't seen Archer. We don't know what's going on. But now we're into the part where they're launching investigations. We see the shadowy figure hanging out in bars and questioning people and trying to get information on black market Vulcan weapons. And uh, he, this person keeps passing on the information that he or she has received to Enterprise. And Enterprise just is going around tracking all of these places down. And they're all just dead ends. And uh, they, they seem to be a pattern of just dead ends on purpose just leading them further away from the truth uh finally we see archer come back to the bridge of enterprise and he is uh, a little worse for wear he suffered some damage himself in that attack and uh, they're starting to ask him hey well what's going on with all of these leads you've been tracking down and he's like i don't know what you're talking about i have been in hospital or whatever Right, right. And so he's not the shadowy figure, or if he is, he doesn't remember. Uh, so now we have uh, one final tip from the shadowy figure about this random planet. And lo and behold, we find the Romulan ship and the weapons with which they used to attack Earth and some Romulans. But oh my gosh, no, no, it's some Vulcans. It's some Vulcans behind the whole thing. And Shran is back and he's pissed off. And the captain on the Vulcan ship, apparently his brother set the whole thing in motion. Because he was the one who launched the satellite with the EMP. And now they got to arrest him. And he doesn't want that. And he's got feelings. And Archer smacks him across the face like Batman smacking Robin. And tells him to think logically. Before Shran shoots him. <laughs> Before Shran kills him. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's basically just this one little base on this planet of Romulans and Vulcans. And then later we have the shadowy figure walk onto the bridge with Archer already there. Oh, it's definitely not Archer. Who is it? It's Trips! Yay! Because he joined Section 31. And uh, he basically gives his last report that it's Vulcans that were behind this whole thing. They've been communicating with someone from the future that the Temporal Cold War is still going on and has been going on much longer than they originally understood. So <laughs> they're trying to get figure out who this person from the future is who's talking to them, but since the communication is not very reliable and they can't really see the person, uh, uh, somebody from the Q continuum, his name is Q, I guess, shows up <laughs> and decides to just pluck this guy out of his time and dump him off in uh, in this is the century of enterprise, I guess the twenty second century, still at this point. And oh, wait. Uh, wait, oh, wait, one second. Instead of Q, because Q is timeless, right? So yeah, he doesn't actually have to do these things in order. No, no, no. Right. So instead of this happening, and that's why he picks on Picard, he can actually bring up the fact that I put you guys on trial the first time, and I should have come back here instead and done it. Oh yeah. And then everybody's like, what? Right. No one would understand <laughs> it but us. It's stupid fan yes. service. It might be too far. I like it. I, I like it. I don't think it's too far. I think it's fantastic. 
And uh, so, yeah, they're basically firing on the base and in, and they're having a fight in Enterprise, uh, basically, you know, because still there doesn't seem to be anything better than polarizing the hull plating. Is there? Is Haven't they fixed that? Terrible. Don't we have energy shields nope. yet? Son of a motherless goat. So they're limping away, but Shran is pissed off and he fires the shot that destroys the base. So bye-bye. And... Uh, yeah, this uh, this guy from the future turns out to be a descendant of the leader of the Terra Prime movement. Uh, still trying to create that mirror universe. Not that he knows he's trying to create a mirror universe, but we do. Right, more fan service. <laughs> yeah, more fan service. Uh, Trip, of course, has to tell everyone, hey, look, guys, this whole thing is now classified because no one can ever know what happened. There's been a simulation of our final mission together programmed into the holodeck to make people think I'm dead. So you well, actually, guys they wouldn't gotta... have holodecks yet, right? That's true. So, How, so the, the account of it. All yeah. right. So Section 31 wrote into my file that I had died, which is going to go into the history books, blah, yes. blah, blah. And eventually... The hologram. We know what happens because we saw the last episode. Happens. Yeah. So. And, uh, and Shran is basically like, you owe me three now, Archer. And, <laughs> no, he would say pink skin. He would say pink, pink skin. skin. yes. And roll credits. Well, no, didn't he say tell Archer he owes me two? <laughs> well, he, he does both. He'll call him pink skin and he'll right, call he's, him he's Archer. He's pink skin this time because he's talking directly yeah. to him. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, and then uh, roll credits. Roll credits. There we go. Our first Enterprise movie. Awesome. Whew. That was, uh, when you go back and actually say it all in one piece, yeah, that's a lot going on in one movie. Yeah. So the only thing I would say is uh, maybe at the end of that, after the credits, uh, we'll do the Marvel thing. Yes. And we'll just give a scene, maybe Trip talking to somebody about how he did a great job and how, stick with me here, that it was actually Trip getting bad information so that the Federation made contact with all those other planets in the meantime. Oh, smart. To try and gain allies for the Federation. Ooh. Because ah. we could always find out that, you know, maybe Daniels has something to do with Section 31, too. Ooh, that he totally would if he could. Right. That would totally be his bag. So if he if he knew that they weren't going to die, and that, that, you know, they could still do all that and still get back to solving this thing, maybe he would send them out to... To make sure that the Federation gets to where it's supposed to be. Yes. And that's Trenches. first contact with a lot of different um, you know, races that eventually become Federation. Yeah, trying to set the timeline back on track. Yeah, so maybe like uh maybe we even accidentally see like a Bajoran or something. Ooh. Or one of these or uh, I like it. Some Cardassians or something. You know, we're just we're popping around the galaxy doing crazy stuff. And, yeah. uh, and that could be the time, because, you know, every one of these movies has to have, like, a comedy part. That could be, like, the comedy section. You know, that, when they're popping around, that could be the comic relief part of the movie. And, and then you have this scene where, you know, some other shadowy figure's talking to Trip, and he tells him, you know, great job feeding all that false information and then getting us back to where we needed to be. Now the universe knows we're out here, and blah, 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 blah. Cuts. Mm. Interesting. I like that. I'm a sucker for post-credit sequences, though. So am I, which is why I stick them in everything. Um, <laughs> it also sets up a second movie that could just be strictly about Section 31 trying to rile up the universe to join the Federation. Mm -hmm. Or vet the different places that could possibly become Federation. 
Yeah, because they would be putting anyone that was interested in joining the Federation, they'd be putting agents there to do deep undercover work. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that works out to a pretty good movie, though. Ooh, I agree. I mean, obviously, it would have to be written by someone who knows what they're doing, not me, but... Not me either. (laughs) You know, I'm not a script writer by any stretch of the imagination. I wouldn't even classify myself as a writer at all. Yeah, me neither. But 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 I think we could get the postcards up on the board for them to follow that would work its way out into a good movie. Yes. Yes, I agree. Okay, then. Whew. Well... There you go. Uh, do we have a title for this uh, for this particular movie? Oh, I, I didn't think of one. Uh... <laughs> oh, no. I caught you off guard. Yeah, I thought of a lot of other things all day, but I never thought of a theme. <laughs> I didn't. Well, to be honest, this isn't even remotely where I was expecting this movie to go anyway, so. And that's okay. Um, yeah, we have to have something of a time in the name, I would think, right? I would think so. This really is the Temple Cold War, or just Enterprise Cold War. Mm, that could work. Yeah. Yes. Mm, yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, if anyone else has a better idea than what we've said as far as the title, please let us know <laughs> in the Babel Conference. So. Enterprise the Foundation. Ooh. Yeah, I like that too. Or just Foundation. Star Either Trek way. Foundation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like something it. along those lines would be a good title. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. I like it. Excellent. Alrighty then. Well, it has been super fun talking about making our own Enterprise movie today, but this isn't the only thing we've been discussing on the network. So, friends, here is a quick listen to some of the other things you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.fm, The Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. It's a white uniform, and you're dealing with medical blood, all this other stuff, fluids. Yeah. That thing ain't going to stay white. So in my head, they're treated that it just doesn't even stick. It just repels off it. Earl Grey. So Picard says he won't transfer anyone off the ship, but as a compromise, get ready for this. As a compromise, he will reassign Worf as Wesley's tutor. I love that. <laughs> yes. Put some discipline in that boy. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. This is like a choice you could, I, I don't know. I, I would imagine. And I really like this story. Like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's more later, but yeah, Worf is Wesley's tutor. Melodic treks. And, uh, you know, I talked to the producers when I first did the show, and the first thing they had me do was take a combination of the da 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 you know, the Sandy Courage wonderful horn theme, and um, Jerry's da 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 you know, his theme for the first movie, and, and make a theme out of that, so combine them. So I did it electronically, and they said, good enough, and I said, oh, look, this is not my specialty, and they said, never mind, you got it. So, 18 years later, you know, that was it. The 602 Club. I did definitely feel what you're saying, Matt, like it was a, a Bond greatest hits in that opening sequence. Um, you've got Russians again, well, or supposed to be in Russia. You've got, um, you know, a group of um, terrorists all gathering together about, you know, all these different weapons. And you're trying to ID people. And then, you know, we 
of course, bring back in M. Um, and then she's having to argue now with um, the government and the military. Um, and then, you know, I like that they kind of bring in Bond in a subtle way, calling him White Knight this time. Um, that was cool. But yeah, I, I think otherwise it feels very familiar. But in a great way, um, I feel like Arnold dealing with the music um, and then the actors as well taking good direction made a lot of intensity in that scene so you don't feel like you're moving into the film slowly they're coming at you full force and then you know bond runs off with the plane um so i i really liked it and that's what else is happening on trek.fm check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the star trek universe and beyond you'll find us wherever you get your podcasts if you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they're published. And please leave us a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, the Q Continuum, in most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We would love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are very many ways for you to do that. The best place, of course, to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Go to the search field on the Facebook and type in Babel, B-A-B-E-L, and it will probably be the very first option that comes up. If you would like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at TrekFM and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrekFM. So, Patrick, when you're not inserting Q into stories for great fan service, where can people find you? Oh, anywhere they find me, that's what I'm doing. Q is my <laughs> favorite. But um, when, when, I'm, when I'm doing other things, they can find me on uh, the Babel Conference. I pop my head up in there every once in a while. As you've heard, uh, I've been jumping around time, so you might see my post later. Yeah, I intended them, but you know they might come up and uh, they'll get there when they get there. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Magic Drop Five. It's uh, no spaces. Five is a digit, not the word. And you can find me with my buddy Amy on the Edge, uh, dropping on Fridays on this network. Randy, when you're not searching through the time continuum to find me and bring me back here, because <laughs> Daniel screwed up completely, where can people find you, dude? I spent a lot of time on this, and I'm sorry I couldn't get you back at the time you left. <laughs> it's all right. I'm back. It's better than nothing. <laughs> oh, man. It was it was brutal without you, man. It was brutal. So you can find me in the Babel Conference from time to time. You can also find me on Twitter at Brandywine12. Brandy's with an I. 12 is a number. Uh, you can hear me from time to time on the 602 Club talking about other fandoms that I have. And I do a podcast with my lovely and wonderful and talented husband, Dave, called the Dark Corner Podcast, at, which you can find at darkcornerpodcast.com, where we talk about stuff and things from a darker point of view, and it's sweary. There are swears. Lots of swears. And some inappropriate content for children. <laughs> and possibly a movie idea of their own. Uh, yeah, somewhere. you never know. You never know. Sometimes. Definitely inappropriate for children. Just so inappropriate. <laughs> so, if 
you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron on the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. Available through our special patrons website, PatronZone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. And at this time, as always, we would like to thank our wonderful associate producers who are, in no particular order except the order I always read them, Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Oser, Mark Flessa, and Chris Trebuzio. Thank you so, so much for your support of the network and also specifically your support of Warp 5. We really could not do this without you. So... I guess that is it now that you're finally sort of almost phased completely back into this timeline. Uh, I guess we'll just uh, be back as normal next week with another episode of Warp 5 for you all. So, as per usual, friends, boomers, I want you to keep calm and boom on. That's it. I couldn't think of it. It's been a I long know. week. I've never liked her. <laughs> I did, but whatever. No, no, let's let's be fair. I never liked her with Picard. It's not that I didn't like her. I didn't like her with Picard. But you know, that's fair. just my personal preference. But the character was interesting. <laughs>